welcome everybody to Halloween Haunts 365, the podcast. This is our first podcast. We cover mainly haunted attractions. We'll dive into horror, true crime, anything we find spooky going on. My name's Jared, founder and creator of HalloweenHaunts365.com. Our website, we started about six years ago, and it's got a pretty huge following in the last couple of years. I'll introduce uh, my wife and chief person officer for the website because me dealing with people, it's usually pretty bad. So, <laughs> Terry, say hi. Hi, everyone. <laughs> All right, while she's gooberly smiling, I'm going to introduce our first guest on the podcast. Is Her name's Nikki, and she's the head volunteer for Haunted Overload that's located in Lee, New Hampshire. So feel free to say hi. Hi. <laughs> and now we're going to take this time and grill her with a bunch of questions because I'm nosy when it comes to haunt builders, haunt owners, and everything haunted attractions. So we'll start off with, tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, so I... I guess I'm, I've been a volunteer through and through my entire life, um, mostly with animals. I volunteer with wolves and then my real job is working with animals, but a lot of that ends up being volunteer as well. And I volunteer with birds of prey. So part of the reason that I got involved with Haunted Overload is because I wanted to like give back um, as an exchange of Eric being so generous as to let me go there and do a photo shoot. Um, so I ended up volunteering there and it was a bonus that part of the proceeds of Haunted Overload goes to an animal shelter. So in one way or another, something I'm volunteering to do ends up helping animals. And so it just went hand in hand with like what I want to be doing with my free time. Yeah. Um, and I've always been like the weird child. My mom didn't know what to do with me growing up. You know, like the first trip I made her go to Hot Topic in middle school, she didn't know what to do with me. And she's like, why can't you just be normal? And, you know, of course, all things had to be Halloween all the time. So it was inevitable that I would end up working at a haunt someday. Very cool. Very cool. Nikki, how did your love for Halloween start? Um... I guess I don't really know exactly how it started. I just really loved the feeling of Halloween time, like around here. And like, obviously all the jack-o'-lanterns are very like mesmerizing and dressing up was obviously a big deal to a little girl, you know, and going out and collecting candy. What kid doesn't love to do that? And something that I started to notice as I was getting older is that each year, less and less kids were out trick-or-treating and Halloween was being more and more and more bombarded by like, you know, Thanksgiving stuff is already on the shelves before Halloween even gets here, but Christmas gets like a whole three months. And I hated that. Um, right. So as, as I got older and I started to get too old to trick-or-treat is when I really started to notice um, less people have their lights on, less people put as much effort into their decorations. It was just like dying. As I was growing up, Halloween was dying. And like, you think maybe that's normal. You're growing up and like, you start to notice things a little more, but this was definitely 
people stopped caring about trick-or-treaters and, you know, the whole essence of Halloween. Not only that, but like, as I grew up, my parents were 80s metalheads. And so horror movies and stuff like that was just kind of a natural part of my childhood. Probably shouldn't have been, you know, my auntie probably showed me a lot of horror movies I shouldn't have age, but it turned out okay. <laughs> oh, it's fine. My parents babysat me with Freddy Krueger, so it's it's the same. It, we turned out fine. It's, it's, it's awesome. We're fine. All right. So, what is your position at Haunted Overload? Well, it started as a builder because, as I said before, I offered to volunteer because he was so generous to let me just waltz around there and go shoot, not really knowing me at all. Um, and I thought that was so cool of him to just put that trust in me and probably everybody else that contacts him about it, which is true. Now I know that now I know that, that I've been there, but, um, so I offered to volunteer and I, I became like just kind of extra hands around and then he kind of like threw me into some bigger projects just to see what my capabilities and interests were. And then he put me in charge of a humongous scene. It, it was re redoing an entire scene. Um, so I became, like, uh, you know, one of the main builders, especially during the pandemic where I had nothing else to do. So I was there, you know, three, four days a week. Sometimes we were there for 10 hours, sometimes longer. Um, and then haunt season came and they were like, okay, you're going to act. And I was like, okay. So I actually became one of the characters that I rebuilt. I rebuilt the body bag scene and um, then became one of the body bags for haunt season. So I'm a builder and an actor. And then as the season gets closer, he's, you know, really trying to get things done and there's a lot of pressure. And so all these people start flocking to the haunt. They want tours, they want to interview and they want to do all these things. And he's like, here, Nikki, you do it. So now I help him do the tours and any kind of interviews that I can. Of course, people want to talk to him directly, but if, if I can help, I do so. I guess I've become an assistant of some kind. I got you. What did you like better, haunt acting or haunt building? Um, it's hard to like make that comparison. I really like building. I'm a big fan of the Stan Winston School of Art. I love the Alien movies and Terminator and Predator and pretty much any movie, Jurassic Park. There's so many movies they've had a hand in in terms of building actual, like you're looking at a, a thing that they've built, like a monster that they've built. And I always thought that was so cool. And I always thought like, man, if I had made some different life choices, I could be working for them. <laughs> and it's kind of like small scale Stan Winston School of Art. And I actually prefer to do the build it's it's nice to enjoy it at haunt season that's like the icing on the cake but being part of like these huge projects and one of the coolest things is sometimes i don't have time to be there on the weekends because of my job so i go after work on the weekdays and i'm at the haunt by myself at sunset making giant pumpkins like by myself so many people want that to be there by themselves and it's cool that i i get to do that um, and just build pumpkins and we're in the woods. So of New Hampshire, there's tons of nature, tons of birds, frogs, all kinds of stuff, which is like the other huge part of my life. So I get to like, it's like therapy in a way. So I guess, I guess I like building better than acting. <laughs> I hear that a lot coming from the uh, building crews. Um, you want to take the next one, dear? When did you start at Haunted Overload? Um, so I didn't find out. I knew about 
Okay, so a friend told me about Haunted Overload in 2018, but I, you know, I think we just ran out of time because October is pretty crazy for me. Um, And then it wasn't until 2019 that I went through the haunt and it was such an inspiration to me that like walking through it for the first couple of minutes, I was you know, already thinking like, man, I would love to be a part of this. Like, I don't know how to just enjoy something and then like walk away from it. Be like, oh, well, I'm like, no, I'm obsessed with this. I need to make it my whole life now. So in my head, I'm like, oh, they probably don't need help. There's probably people beating down the door to be part of this haunt. I, you know, I was already like discouraging myself. Like, there, this is where Halloween went. All the things you love, they came here and you should be here. And I'm like, well, they probably don't have room. So I'm glad I didn't like let myself get in the way with that negative thinking because I just reached out to Eric and then bam, became part of it because no, there is nobody beating down the door. We need help. We need actors. We need builders. Whoever wants to come by and help us for free, we will, we will gladly accept it. So um, I started in on my birthday, March 14th to 2020. And um, it was like, my first couple jobs were just raking lots of leaves and he kept apologizing and it's like the gym is closed I can't go hiking yoga is closed I have no form of exercise I will rake this whole five acre property I don't care I'm just glad to be here so um after like the first you know month of figuring out where I would fit in that's when he started putting me on on big big projects so I would say by May I was officially a builder Gotcha. Very cool. What is your, what are, what's the biggest build you did that you consider your baby? Like you were 90% of the build, a huge percent of the build that you really just like Halloween haunts 365 is my baby. It was a dumb idea I had seven years ago that just turned into so much more and I still can't believe it, but I'm happy to do it. So what, what part of the walkthrough do you consider your baby? Well, I would say it's probably the body bags. I spent three and a half months. Um, we, so I didn't build them. They're mannequins, um, but they were pretty beat up and we pretty much removed them all from the scene and we changed the entire scene around. And Eric does a lot of the work that's like, you know, I can't, He's like, I don't know where he gets all his power from, but there's stuff that no one else can do but him, like moving giant, ridiculous things around and climbing super high ladders. So I did all like the technical stuff where where I was basically redressing all of them and and uh, sort of helping him place them. And that's when we were there till like midnight, one in the morning, working by work lights, climbing ladders and putting bodies in different places. And um the body bag scene was always pretty cool, I thought, but it was totally different. It totally changed everything when we redid everything and I rewrapped all the bodies and came up with my own technique. I definitely had some help, um, but majority it was me rewrapping them all. And uh, that year, they were featured everywhere. They were in everyone's photos. They were in music oh, wow. videos. Everyone who came and did a photo shoot, like on reviewers. They were like, and and now people are copying our technique to the best of their ability, which is amazing. So I would say the body bags were my babies. And that's why it was pretty important for me to be a body bag person in that scene. And 
I would just stand there like the rest of them and people would walk by and I would just have to move a little bit and they would like lose their minds because they look like real people and you just are waiting for someone, one of them to do that. So that was pretty awesome. Um, a lot of actors start in the body bag scene. Doing that kind of a scare is very easy and helps you get into like the feel of what it's like to do that kind of thing. Um, but right after that, after the three months and this was during um april and may like super cold freezing like working at night by lights with like a little space heater and tons of coffee um but i wouldn't change it and for some reason i miss it but uh right after that we started on the reapers which was a huge new part of our queue line because we had to social distance and we didn't want people in the parking lot getting hit by cars all kinds of stuff so eric built these you know 15 12 to 15 foot reapers and then me and one of my now uh most awesome friends who I met started at the hunt a few months after me um she helped me dress the reapers but a lot of it was me going there after work because we did pick up at work eventually um and I would go and dress them and that's when we started learning how to climb these crazy ladders because you're trying to dress you know put hoods on 15 foot reapers um, so I would say the body bags and the reapers, like when I, when, you know, Eric will forward me pictures on Instagram of people posing with the reapers and it, it's like such a cool feeling. Like I helped make those. Um, like I said, he does all the hard, heavy duty work. I just dress them, make them look cool. <laughs> I got you. I got gotcha. you. Out of all the scenes in the walkthrough, what's your favorite? Um, it's hard to pick and he's adding more stuff this season and it's just making it even harder. But I would say if we're going to go for like nostalgia, classic Halloween, like make you feel the way you did when you were little, I would say pumpkin alley, which is the photo I was trying to make my background, but it didn't work. Um, pumpkin alley, which is just, we carve hundreds of pumpkins a week, every week, new hundred new pumpkins. Um, we light them with real candles and we have this big, giant, awesome, angry pumpkin with fog coming out of his mouth, out of his mouth. Whenever I roam, roam actors, just check on fog machines and actors and make sure everyone's doing okay. I get to fill the fog machine for the big pumpkin. That's like my favorite thing to do when I'm roaming is check on the big pumpkin. Um, I, I can check on that big pumpkin for you because I'm obsessed with fog and smelling it and breathing it in. <laughs> and so my uh, my face mask may came down a few times last season just to really get because it doesn't feel like haunt season until I feel the lungs with fog. So I love fog. I love more fog. I love too much fog. <laughs> yeah, we have quite a few fog machine stations and the big pumpkin and the one by the Reapers were kind of like my sort of responsibility when I would roam. Um, so I would say Pumpkin Alley, or uh, which is one of the photos I actually sent you with the purple. That's by the castle. So you see that when you're waiting in line, you're not even in the haunt yet. And then the other photo I sent you with all the other bright pumpkins, that's the cornfield. That's the other one that has like just those classic Halloween vibes. Like it's it's got all the, you know, the um, corn stalks. It's got just pumpkins everywhere. They're not real pumpkins and they don't have real lights, but you don't, you can't tell. It's like we put the flickering lights in there and it's just, it's amazing with the sounds and everything else. So I would say those are probably two of my favorite scenes. And then last season we made the church wild, like the walls glow, you know, our demonic nun has her own fog machine now. 
and that she has her own soundtrack in there. Like it's, you enter the church and it's like, you're somewhere else for a second. It's pretty cool. And we have a, a black goat in there with her. So it's just like sensory overload in there. So that's everyone's favorite scene is usually the mansion or the church. Awesome. Awesome. That's cool. Tell us a little bit about the history of haunted overload. All right, so I had to, you know how much homework I did last night? <laughs> Making sure I got this down accurate. <laughs> it's a lot. Um, so when Eric was 12 years old, I remember him. So a lot of times we'd be at the haunt, you know, pretty late at night. It would end up just being being me and him working. Like when we worked on the Reapers, a lot of times it was just me and him. And we'd be exhausted and it would be like a half an hour of just me asking him a billion questions and I remember him telling me when he was little he started a little mini haunt with his friend in his friend's basement and he also did it at his parents house and I think he said his grandparents house as well and um he actually did a little interview in 2015 I believe where he talks about it how he when they had their first scares as 12 year olds in their you know friend's basement they were like immediately hooked um, so it was a few years of that doing small things like that at his parents' house. And then fast forward to 2001, he got his first house with his wife, Janice, and they, he wanted to have like the biggest Halloween party, like ever in the history of Halloween, he built the giant scarecrow. And of course it attracted all these people. Um, and it became a pretty big deal where he was kind of like, okay, like people really do like this. Um, so I'm going to keep it going. Uh, so the following year, he went for a 30 foot monster, which is just so Eric of him. And he had a machinery come by and like, you know, put in these sink these poles into his yard to make this 30 foot monster. And uh, over the next few years, so many people were coming that they were able to put out a donation box and start a fundraiser for animals that didn't have homes. So that kind of became the thing where like, he gets to live out his passion do this hunt and you know the fundraiser thing uh was like an added bonus um so in 2006 uh the haunt got too big and basically it was becoming like dangerous with the cars and everything else and the cops were kind of like you can't do this so his choice was to either stop or try to make it into a business and so he took the leap um and he uh, went to Copple House Farm and he was there for three years. Uh, they they had a really good three years there, but I don't know the exact reason. I'm sure I was told and I've just forgotten, but they had to move. They could no longer be at Copple House. Um, and so in 2010, they moved to the Demerit Hill Farm, which is where they are now. Um, so reading my notes here, <laughs> it says they actually once they moved to Demerit Hill Farm, they officially became uh, a world-class haunted attraction. So like they're, you know, this huge deal. So I have this awesome list of cool things that they've accomplished. Um, in 2014, they won ABC's Great Halloween Fright Fight. Um, they won $50,000 and they donated it to the Valley uh, Humane Society. And at the time they were in like this really rundown building i think it used to be like a slaughterhouse or like a pig slaughterhouse or something wild like that like converted into a, a shelter 
So they didn't have a lot of space. And with that $50,000, they were able to open a brand new, beautiful facility, which they are still expanding on today because of our donations. So that was like huge um, for, for everyone involved. Yeah. Uh, he told me before this, I was like, hey, is there anything else I should be mentioning that we that we were like talked about on, you know, throughout the years since we've been at Demerit Hill. And he's like, in 2012, we were featured on the Weather Channel. <laughs> so that's pretty funny. Um, and then in 2015, they won number one hot in America on hot world, which I think is probably the biggest thing right next to being able to donate all that money to Cocheco Valley. Um, so the coolest thing, in my opinion, about the hunt is because we're, it is a giant hunt, but because we're all volunteers, we're treated like family and it is a family and it's, it's never about the business, about business. Um, and a huge chunk of our, our, um, profits go to the farm who gets to stay open an extra month because of the hunt being there. And the other huge chunk goes to the shelter still. And even during COVID last year, we were just shy, I think, of $50,000 because our day hunt like went through the roof. So we offer the day hunt and the night haunts. And the day haunts are usually kind of busy, but I guess last year there was like over a thousand people like most days. Wow. Uh, which is more than because people were bored, they had nothing to do. And so the day hunt is what saved us because we did have to reduce capacity because of COVID. So the day hunt more than made up for that. Um, and we were still able to donate a huge amount of money. And I think that they actually did expand since getting that check. So, uh, and, and they help us. So a lot of the Cocheco Valley uh, staff come and volunteer to work the day haunts so that they can take tickets while people visit. So it's just like this amazing community. Everyone's helping everyone and it's all for animals and to be scared. I love it. I like it. It sounds awesome. Tell us about a day in your life at the haunt during the off season. Um, during the off season, it depends. So in winter, we do a lot of breaking down. Like last season, there was a couple buildings that were like about to fall over. They've been up for five years or more and the wear and tear of people coming through. So we did a lot of demolition, which was really fun. Um, during the actual winter time, like no, that was November, but when it starts snowing, uh, Eric has a workshop in the basement of his house and me and a few others would go over there every Monday and start working on projects that take a lot of time. For example, we um, have 30 skeletons for our new scene. And I, me and Eric and Wallace have been working on them since New Year's. And they're still not done. Um, same with our giant for our new pumpkin monsters. Because uh, a lot of it is you do the details. Things have to dry. You move to something else. You go back and forth, back and forth. So there is probably about six projects going throughout the winter in the workshop. And then finally we move all those projects over the haunt. So a lot of it is uh, focusing on small details during the winter. Now it's starting to be crunch time. So now we're like running around like chickens with our heads cut off. You know, we're trying to tie up a lot of loose ends and the weather keeps screwing us over. You know, my pumpkins won't dry because it's so humid and hot and it's just constantly raining. And um, Eric's, 
break in the auger. So now he's got to dig holes by hand. It's just one thing after another, like when it rains, it pours, but we're, we're, we will get it done somehow. Um, so right now it starts to get a little crazy. And then the week before we open, Eric takes the week off and um, me and Wallace will do the same. And we'll be over there just like, instead of now it goes from paying attention to little details and being very specific to just like, it is what it is. Make it look great. Make sure it's not going to fall on somebody. And, and we're just, we have to open. Um, so it's a lot of running around and just tying up a lot of stuff, uh, getting ready. Last year, we were still fixing things for the first week we were open. It was kind of insane. <laughs> but I guess that's so. Yeah, a little light can hide a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, a lot of it, no one notices except for us. Right. So. Yeah, well, we'll notice it just because we know what goes into it, but we never say anything. Yeah, you'll notice it. Yeah. <laughs> Tell us about a day in your life when the haunt is open and running. So it depends on what I'm doing. Um, if I'm acting and I'm uh, specific to a scene, so last year, uh, a lot of most of our actors have a designated scene or area where they kind of stay. So we usually show up an hour before we open. The whole idea is that we don't want patrons to see us in costume waltzing around. Uh, so we try to get inside the haunt and ready to go before cars start pulling into the parking lot. So really an hour prior to opening. Um, the farm serves us food, so we're eating and all that stuff. Me, I don't do any of that. I show up sort of kind of late and then I'm like running around and trying to like get my cop my costume was a disaster my body bag costume i was basically building it from scratch every night which was such a pain i'm so yeah. glad i'm not doing that this year um so but it's also kind of crazy because we'll have people coming through trying to we had like a guy do like a virtual thing where he was going through the haunt like he was a patron so there was a few camera guys doing that a, a lot of different nights so we had to be alert and ready for them like 10 minutes before we open and then um we have photographers coming through. So it's like the patrons come through, you have to be in character and then you, you have a time to relax. And then the camera guy comes through and then you're like, Oh, I have to get in character again. I didn't <laughs> walk through. So it's, you got to stay on your feet. So, you know, me throwing myself into that, I had no idea what to expect. So by the last two weekends, I was like, I had kind of had it down to a system um, for fright night light. We don't have actors. It's just, uh, full lights and music and sounds for people who want to see it but don't like being scared so for that I'm just in my work clothes and I'm just making sure stuff is going smoothly if lights are out somewhere I I either get someone to fix it or I fix it or fog machine duty um, and maybe if you know you have family or friends coming through you kind of like meet up with them really quick and then disappear back into the staff we have little staff pathways where no one can see us running back and forth um, and then, so this year I'm going to be a roamer so that I can continue to do behind the scenes stuff while also scaring. So I have no idea how that's going to be because usually um, if I'm doing behind the scenes stuff during haunt season, I'm not in costume. I just look like somebody visiting or they notice I have a staff shirt and they, they know that I'm staff. Um, I've never been a roamer in terms of being in costume and filling fog machines and doing all this stuff. So that's going to be new for me to figure out, but I think that will probably be my permanent actor position from now on, because I'm so, I'm so involved with the build that 
I'm just going to be that much more helpful as a roamer. It was funny. I was like, I don't know who I'm going to be this year. And Eric was like, you're going to be a roamer. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> you were volunteering. Yes, Enjoy the roaming. <laughs> yeah. I kind of like it because when spots kind of get dead for a minute, you can kind of roam to somewhere else where like you hear lots of screaming. You can get patrons multiple times by cutting through scenes. Um, so you can kind of follow around the same group of friends. Like if you know they're a jumpy group, you can you can follow them. And they're like, how did you get here so fast? Like we have cut throughs, duh. But um, so that's going to be a new thing for me to figure out being in costume, scaring and doing behind the scenes stuff, helping out with fog machines and everything else. So um, we're open rain or shine. So a lot of issues we run into is pouring rain and plugs stop working and lights go out and stuff like that. That only happened sort of kind of once last year. And I was in the body bags, so I just had to stand there. I didn't have to do anything. <laughs> so I haven't thrown into that chaos yet. So um, this year is going to be a whole different learning experience. I got gotcha. you. I have a, f- how much do the fire marshals get involved since you're completely outdoors? I'm wondering what New Hampshire's like with the fire marshals in the haunt. So we have to have them walk through before we open a couple of times Mm -hmm. Uh, and anything they don't like, we have to change it and comply. That's why we have the fake pumpkins and the fake lights inside of um, the cornfield because that's technically inside the haunt, whereas Pumpkin Alley is on the very outside. Um, So they they let us get away with candles there, but like the whole place is flammable. so we made little fire extinguisher stations. Uh, we, they look like little baby Grim Reapers. And, you know, we had to make sure each scene has an extinguisher. Um, there's all kinds of protocols we have to follow. Um, and we also have to be careful about our fog machines, too, because if the wind takes it and it goes into the street, we're kind of on a sharp we're kind of not a sharp curve, but we're on a big curve and people bomb around the corner. So he's already had to deal with um, an issue where somebody probably wasn't paying attention, bombing around the corner and someone was pulling out without headlights and they got hit. Um, so, you know, they tried to blame it on the fog. Um, so we just have to make sure we're very careful that the fog isn't going out into the street. Um, I'm not sure if the fire marshals have anything to do with that, but it's just one of those things we have to be mindful of. Um, so fire extinguishers, fake pumpkins inside the haunt, making sure that the fog doesn't get into the street. There's a lot of safety stuff. Um, and the other thing that's not just fire safety is like we're in the woods and like there's tree roots everywhere. And of course, people show up annihilated drunk and then they're tripping everywhere and they're knocking people over. And that that's kind of a whole different issue. But um, well, there's going to be someone not drunk tripping all over the ground. <laughs> Yeah, that's me. That's me. I do that. So we've been very lucky. Everyone's been really cool about it because it's a haunt in the woods. And, um, you know, the more bigger we get, the more people that come through, the higher of a risk it is. So, yeah, we do. We do have to comply with the fire marshals, but they're cool. They think it's great. I'm pretty sure Eric said that they come through when we're open, too. So that's good, because, like, I understand the hardships they give haunted attractions. Because, like, us based in Pennsylvania, Jersey, 
there, there's things you could do in PA that you cannot do in Jersey because a lot of it's indoor, outdoor. Yeah. I just like hearing the different stories about the fire marshals because so, some aren't as nice as other places, but some are really cool. Yeah. But like I get their job, so I don't get mad at them. <laughs> Yeah, I mean they're they're just doing what they have to do. If this was in Massachusetts, none of this would fly. <laughs> really? Like it, oh yeah, Massachusetts, and and a, a lot of times it's for a good reason that they have the laws to be so strict. Um, but yeah, if the haunt was in Massachusetts, I think we'd be totally screwed. I got it. Would be no fun allowed, basically. Um, so it's good that it's in New Hampshire. They're just like do whatever you want. Don't lay the place on fire. We're like, okay, cool. See you in October. <laughs> That's awesome. All right, Drew, I'm going to take this one because not only are we a haunt review website, we also deal with horror, true crime, everything I find spooky or interesting, we're going to cover. So now is a very important question. What is your favorite horror movie? Um, I had to think long and hard about this. Um, I'm going to have to say my favorite horror movie was Nosferatu because it's a classic and it's, it's an, it's an original. Um, obviously it's not the original vampire story, you know, um, but in terms of vampire movies, like coolest thing ever on Halloween, a couple of years ago, I got to see Nosferatu on the big screen with the Boston pops playing symphony orchestra to it. It was the most wild experience it sounds so lame, but it was, it was a cool thing, like, to be alive now and be seeing a silent film in the theater with a live orchestra, like, that movie. Who cares about that movie besides me? No one. So it was really cool that they did that. They do Halloween movies every year, but that, that one year they did that one, and I was like, oh, my God, we have to go see this. Yeah. Um... So, um horror and monsters i would have to i'm i'm always gonna go towards the vampire aspect of things um but as long as they don't have shiny skin that that sparkle in the sunlight right no 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 (laughs) (laughs) well since this is our first episode i'm gonna tell you my favorite is freddy krueger without a doubt I'd be the biggest nerd ever if they put that back in the theater because I would go fully dressed. <laughs> so I'm shocked they haven't. I've seen it local, but it's always during times where we can't make it. Like we make no plans in September, October because it's haunt, 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 haunt. Some last year we were yeah. doing it to a night. <laughs> it gets tiring. Wow. Yeah, that- wow. <laughs> So okay, I have a question for you. Oh, do boy. you consider do you consider the alien franchise to be considered a type of horror? Because that's like a controversial thing between amongst my friends. They for, say no. For me, I I'm, say yes. saying, I'm gonna side with the friends and say no. Yeah, yeah no. Would you say you're so would you say it's more of like a sci-fi like uh I don't know, thriller, sci-fi, thriller. It's definitely a sci-fi horror. That's where I get. But it's 90% sci-fi to 10% horror. Even though it does have a lot of horror aspects, I consider it more sci-fi. I like that answer. I agree. What's your, uh, do you have a top horror villain? Oh, my God. Uh, everyone who's watching this or going to watch this is going to make fun of me. So my favorite horror villain is Ghostface. 
pretty much has been since I was um, 13. Probably I was 13 when I first saw Scream. Um, he's not the scariest villain, but, you know, he like calls up girls and flirts with them and it's Billy Loomis and he's hot. And if that was the only Scream, if they never made any other Scream, if that was the only one, uh, it would have been amazing. So I would have to say my top villain is Ghostface, but Jason comes in a close second. Okay. Now Scream, I absolutely love, and I love the entire franchise because I don't know if you were old enough to remember, horror was in a terrible place. Freddy stopped, Jason stopped, these little uh, Asian horrors started, like the Japanese films, the remakes started, and they were terrible. I can't stand any one of them. But then Wes Craven got a hold of a script the dude made in the weekend, and he brought horror back on the screen. Like, in the first screen, you have no idea who did it. So it was not only a horror, it was a mystery, because they kept setting everyone up. They set the principal up. They set Randy up. They even set Tatum up. If you watch it deep enough, you, any one of them can be yeah. killer. So I loved it. I mean, two was good. Three, it was entertaining. But I really liked four, too. See, that's interesting because I didn't. I watched four, and I only watched four, like, you, you know, when it came out, and I barely remembered it. And then I watched it again, and I was like, eh, that didn't really have, like, the screen feeling to it. I liked two and three, but that's just because it's more chances to see Ghostface, no matter who's in the costume. (laughs) (laughs) So I was actually Ghostface. The year that I became too old to trick or treat around 12, 13 is when I was Ghostface. I was him two years in a row. Um, So I actually still have the masks from 20 years ago. It's like, you know, and it's like I kind of like lost. I, you know, I would go on and off. Like I'd go through a ghost face scream obsession and then it would fall out and then I'm back to Jason. And then, you know, you know, sort of recently in the last couple of years, I've been back on ghost face and now the anniversary is coming and they're making another one and the whole thing. And I'm just like, this is literally the best. So, <laughs> um, so my friends actually, my friend, my friend, Mark, uh, he works for the Coolidge theater in Boston and he, is going to hopefully put Scream in the theater, which is going to be like my dream come true. But when he does it, we're going to get to dress up as Ghostface like in Scream 2. This is like all I've wanted my whole life. (laughs) It's going to be be so cool. Um, But yeah, I I think it's unfortunate what happened after Scream because then everyone got the idea to copy Scream and a lot of movies like it came out. Like, I loved I Know What You Did Last Summer, but I can see why people were like, oh, annoyed about scream because it started a whole new genre of like copycats but instead of like mad about it it's like okay so they were inspired okay that's how art happens like i don't know um so i think it did great things for the horror genre and we can't take that credit like or not the horror genre but like the it did it really brought it brought horror to the 2000 slasher films and i feel like we can't credit from yeah like who knows what would have happened if it never, if they never made it. Right. We might not care. We might. Yes. I want to say <sighs> Friday the Thirteenth. Jason goes to hell was ninety five, ninety four, and then the last Nightmare on Elm Street was ninety four. Freddie's dead. 
because that was September 13th, 1994. Boom. I know. I'm a nerd. I but, was seven years old. I was 12. <laughs> yeah, I think I was 12. Maybe I, I got to do the math. It doesn't matter. But after those two were done, we're Michael Myers was in a whole different world. And that went a weird yeah. direction, too. So really, the big three were done. So without Scream, who knows what we'd be looking at right now? So I find it part I actually of just met them at Monster Mania. They were awesome. I, I saw the pictures. Yeah, I've, I was jealous. They I, are I, still riding high on <laughs> a movie in 1996. It blows my mind. They all are. Like, not just those two. Like there's there's yeah. there's like secondary actors that are riding high from movies from the eighties and they're there every year and their lines mm-hmm. out the door. It's it, it good for them. I could tell you they don't have any rom com manias where people care about. No. No. It all comes I noticed that. Horror. It's just horror. Yep. That's where the true fans are. So you we might have kind of answered this already. But what's your favorite horror franchise as a total? I'm going to go with Jason because um, it's not that I don't like Michael Myers. I just, so many people are going to hate me for saying this. I just always thought he was kind of boring. Like after the first initial appearance of him, like, yeah, he was awesome. And then he got boring. And it's like, I don't have any attachment to him. Jason was like a victim. Like, yeah, he's killing everybody, but. He's a victim. He was a little kid and he drowned because his counselors were too busy, like fooling around to pay attention to the special needs kid, basically, that's drowning and now has a fear of water. And like, not for nothing, but any mom would go to extreme lengths to, you know, defend their kid, especially if they drowned at a camp. So it's kind of like relatable to like, it's like over-exaggerated real life. And, you know, now it's just like, don't come to my camp and fool around because I'm going to kill you. Just stay away and everything will be fine. And they just basically, it's like they keep antagonizing him and messing with him. And if they just left him alone, he wouldn't be killing anybody. So you don't feel bad for the victims. You're like, you want Jason to kill them. Like in these other slashers, you kind of like want the victims to survive. You want them to fight against it. You want to find out who the killer is. This one, you're like, no, it's fine. He can slaughter them all across the camp. Like, you get excited for him. So there's some sort of emotional attachment there to, like, poor Jason. Like, you know, this poor guy just wants to be left alone. So he's kind of, like, adorable in a way. So I've always loved the Jason series, Um, especially for when part six became a thing, because, like, I love graveyards. It starts with a graveyard. It's just so beautifully done. It's such a good movie part six will always be the ultimate jason movie because Mm -hmm. a the actor was great b they actually set up the cast that you cared about the counselors they actually had counselors and there's kids at the camp like holy shit oh yeah (laughs) you never had that thing is it's like he interacts with a kid as jason i know it's wild. Uh, someone actually, when I went to MonsterCon, someone actually asked him because we, I met CJ Graham. We, we, it was before MonsterCon, unrelated, but we went to uh, Jimmy's event. He uh, did Friday the 13th and we had a Q&A with CJ Graham. 
And someone actually asked, like, you know, how how did that affect that little girl? Like you being like dressed as Jason, like standing over her bed like that. And he said that I think it, it was like her son or something. Uh, they sent him masks to sign to give to the, her kid. So it's like, obviously, she's just fine. And she thought it was awesome. Instead of being like traumatized by it. So well, I thought there, that. Cool there that is someone in this room traumatized by Jason Voorhees. Yes, I am. <laughs> oh, no. I am. I freak out every time I say them. <laughs> oh, my God. That's yeah. funny. I, dream. I, just, I, I, see him, I see him and I get so excited. Like, we were in line waiting once we were inside the, like, I never thought in my lifetime I would be seeing real Jason, a real Jason, CJ Graham's Jason from part six pointing at me from the other side of a glass door with his weapon like in real life looking at me it was just like the coolest thing ever i would have died (laughs) do you want to tell the brain asylum story there dear oh my gosh i don't even remember it i had tunnel vision i remember seeing the mom standing there and then next thing you know, he grabbed me like he was going to pull me into the water over a bridge. And I started kicking and screaming like bloody, like having a fit. <laughs> and he finally let me go off and I collapsed at the end of the bridge, crying, hysterical. So all right, would you never like canoe over like a lake, like Crystal Lake? Like that's not really Crystal Lake, but like the lake. Would you be like, no, you can go by yourself? Yeah. One of my friends, the tour there, and I'm like, nope, can't do it. Can't do it. I don't care if it's daytime, nighttime, I can't do it. <laughs> Did you guys, I'm sure you guys know, but they have a Jason that's like changed to really changed to the bottom of a lake somewhere. You have to be like certified scuba diver to go down and look at them. Just chilling there. Yeah. yeah I, I send her that picture all the time. Not doing yeah. that. <laughs> I am petrified. Oh, that's wow. funny. Yeah, I mean, he's doing, his, he's doing his job. <laughs> he's doing his job, dear. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, it back to the haunted attractions, because that's the main thing of our website. Working at a haunt, it's hard to get to others, but do you have another favorite haunted attraction outside of Haunted Overload? So I'm, I was like, man, when I answered this question, all these people watching are going to be like, she's not a real haunt person. Uh, I went to Spooky World a thousand years ago and I barely remember it. Um, one haunt that I really want to go to really badly is the Headless Horseman, just because I'm obsessed with the Headless Horseman. And I've never been, I've heard good things about it. Uh, we have people who work for the haunt, like our sound people and even our actors and stuff. We'll go to other haunts. A lot of them work. We have Spooky World actors come work for us. Um, Same thing with Fright Kingdom and Barrett's as well. Um, So the only one I've been to, I might have been to Fright Kingdom again, but I was like so little, I feel like it doesn't count unless I've been as like a grown ass adult where I can remember what I'm doing. So um, I was actually, I'm going to Spooky World on Sunday to get a tour to see, because one of the guys who helps us with sound at the haunt, at our Haunted Overload, is building like a basically an asylum style scene 
or something at Spooky World. So I'm going to go get a tour and I'm probably not, I'm going to be like, oh, I forgot all about half of this. Um, so I really do want to go to the Headless Horseman uh, and see what that's like. I would love to do like a uh, travel around and visit other haunts um, during haunt season, but it's just so hard because they're only open when we're open. And I feel, you know, I'm not going to like, work that hard all year to lead up to haunt season we're only open for four weekends and take off and go to other haunts so maybe i'll try to do like two a year i can maybe make that a goal um but i would love to see them um i was actually talking to a guy who his name is haunt is uh i think it's haunted house or something like that it's h-a-u-s on instagram he started following me because of haunted overload and I had something in my story about bats. So he told me about his friend who has a place where they have bats in captivity for education and their rescues. Um, so it was like, they have a petition thing going on, but anyways, so I was going to go try and visit these bats. And so he has a haunt out there. So I was going to visit his haunt, kill two birds with one stone. And also um, uh, sleepy hollow is 20 minutes from all that. So I've never been to Sleepy Hollow, which is crazy to think about. But so I'm going to make a little I'm going to visit his haunt, see the bats and go to Sleepy Hollow all in the same, hopefully weekend, maybe in September. Um, and then I want to go to the Headless Horseman and I, I will see Spooky World on Sunday. So very cool. Very cool. I don't have anything to compare to yet, but <laughs> I'm going to assume Haunted Overload is probably the best. Do you, if you could travel anywhere in the world, well, what haunted attraction would you want to go see? I don't really know enough of them to, to know um, what I'm missing. Uh, if there was like some wild haunt in like some, I, I'm like a northerner through and through. I'm obsessed with Scandinavian countries. I'm obsessed oh. with anywhere north. If there was something in the middle of nowhere, Norway, I'd go. Or um, I'm sure they don't have haunts there, but uh, even know. like Canada, if they had something there, because I, I said you would what? never know. Maybe I know I would have to. I would have to look it up. Um, but Honestly, as far as I think I've read of one in Norway. I would go in 10 seconds. I know Ireland has one. We actually did like a remote review for them. Yeah. They yeah. only have one, and but Ireland's still completely shut down from COVID, so they're not even allowed yeah. in there to build. I actually do know a guy in California who works at a haunt out there. I can't think of the name of it, but I would go to Cali to check out a haunt over there too. Um, I don't it's, you know, I think they're all amazing. The fact that any of them are trying to keep Halloween alive and they're all putting the work they put into it is honorable, especially now that I do it and I know how hard it is, especially when the weather does not cooperate um, and all the money, time and work and just legal stuff that goes into it. You know, like when I heard about the fog incident, I was like, I never even thought of that. There's just so many things you don't think about that goes into it. Right. Um, but yeah, I would go, I would go anywhere, but first and foremost, if I had the opportunity, I'd go some crazy spooky foreign, like, is this a haunt or am I really screwed right now? And I'm not <laughs> <laughs> I got That'd it. That'd be cool. 
there. Do you see yourself <laughs> one day starting your own attraction? Um, no, because I don't know how Eric has a normal life and does this. He somehow balances work and marriage and a social life of some kind, maybe, uh, and the haunt. And um, I, I am happy to just continue helping this haunt. And, you know, hopefully it lives on and on and on forever. Um, and I'll continue to build until I'm like 100 and can't climb a ladder anymore. Uh, and if this, if it doesn't last that long, hopefully I could find another. But um, I don't know. Maybe you just, that was my cat. <laughs> Cats. <laughs> so thank you. So um, maybe if I'm at the haunt for 10 years, maybe I'll think differently in 10 years and maybe I'll try to start my own. That girl, Morgan, I actually mentioned earlier that helped me with the Reapers. She's doing her own home haunt this year, but she's really struggling to even get it off the ground because she's doing haunted overload, her regular job. And just, she's also married and she has like her personal life and family life and her husband, she's got to balance all that too. So it's, it's hard. I don't know how they do it. I, I don't know. So, um, but yeah, no, I don't plan on, I don't plan on doing anything that's going to take any of my free time or focus away from haunted overload because now I'm so invested and just obsessed with all of it that I don't want anything taken away from that. Uh, maybe I'll be sick of it in five years. I don't know. I doubt it. That's just not my personality. I mean, yeah. I'm still the haunt was 13 go. when I found out. Yeah. So um, I don't know. It's such a it's such a special place that I don't think I could ever replicate that. Um, and it's, it's like my home now. So I don't really need to start my own haunt when I have that. You know. I gotcha. All right, we have taken enough shots at you tonight. Um, I'm going to have you take a few minutes to shout out anyone you want to talk about, plug any of your social media, tell us anything else we should know about you. So go ahead. Uh, this is the part I didn't prepare for. Um, I guess, you know what, I could try and promote Morgan. Um, her Instagram name is Dark Hollow um, with all kinds of underscores. Uh, she is an amazing painter. She paints all the spooky stuff. She paints crazy ravens. Her artwork is unbelievable. Um, she does amazing stuff with me at the haunt. If it wasn't for her, I don't think those reapers would look the way they look uh, in time. Um, she totally saved us uh, when she came along and now she's trying to get her own home haunt off the ground, which is amazing. So I guess I would promote her and um, I don't know. Shout out to everyone. Love you. That's all. <laughs> Do you want to throw your Instagram and TikToks on there or? Oh, um, yeah, oh God, work coming out of your TikTok. So, okay, I made a TikTok and Eric loves TikTok and we would make fun of him all the time. Like everything, he puts so much time into setting stuff up for TikTok. He's all about it. He's so enthusiastic. And I'm like, whatever, TikTok is dumb. 
So I had a TikTok, but I would like upload videos for only me to see. And then I would just use them because it puts music on it. And then he's like, why don't you just put them like on the TikTok? And I was like, all right, fine, I guess. So I put up this video of the satanic temple of Salem with Baphomet in the, in the background for like two seconds. He's in it. And I'm still going viral today. That was May, 2020 that I posted that. That's the only reason I have followers because people are arguing about religion on my post still. So, uh, there it is. So, uh, Instagram is Carpathian underscore wolves. And I think my TikTok is the same. I don't even know. Um, but yeah, my, my Instagram is a mess. I, I do a lot. It's like I have birds of prey, the wolves, the hunt, uh, modeling. I do some modeling. Um, I try to promote my job. It, we do live animal programs with rescued animals on um, in the New England area. Um, and I'm a hiker. I put a lot of hiking. I explore abandoned places like abandoned hospitals and stuff. And I have all that on there. Um, and I'm a wildlife photographer. So wow. some of that too. So there it's like something new every day. I can't keep up with it. Uh, oh, that's, yeah, that's, I guess that sounds great. That sounds great. Oh, and I guess I should shout out to Jimmy J because he's the one who got us acquainted. Yes. I will shout out their podcast because I was actually on there too. It's Horror 365. The name is familiar. Um, we were here first. <laughs> I busted their chops about that on the podcast. But those two are great guys. I mean, and that's what I do this for is really the community that comes with the haunts. Like I met I met a Jason cosplayer because I wanted something for my website. We ended up talking. He starts a podcast. I meet Jimmy. Now I'm talking to you about one of the top haunts in the country. So it's just, that's why I do this. Uh, I mean, cool. there's a lot of people that do haunt review groups for different reasons. And we're not that kind. So yeah, we want to thank you for coming on tonight. It's really yeah. appreciated. Sorry, you're our test victim. Yeah, see if this even works. Um, hey, we'll find out. Because, you know, I, I learned how to do this today. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, I'm, you know, we do this for work and I still can't figure it out, obviously. <laughs> so whatever. I don't think any of us know what we're doing. It's fine. That's all right. Yeah, we're with the punch. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> all right. Well, I'm going to say goodbye to the YouTube family and the podcast and everything. Nikki, thank you. Um, thank you, guys. This will be a weekly thing eventually we got uh we're in the middle of closing on a house we're gonna see how this looks on youtube i have no idea how it works or how to edit videos but we're gonna learn just how i learned how to make a website seven years ago so thank you guys for watching come back as soon as we have another one we're gonna have a lot more interviews we're gonna have some owners come on we have a call scheduled with another haunt review crew who you know they came over we met we talk and we like what each other does so we want to do a joint call see what we're looking forward to this season where we've got haunt actors ready we've got haunt builders ready we've got other people that review haunts for us across the country ready so we have a lot of content coming to this channel so make sure you bring it back here weekly and that's all i got for you today have a good day <laughs>